يخادعون الله والذين امنوا وما يخدعون الا انفسهم وما يشعرون الله تعالى says that they deceive يخادعون الله والذين امنوا they outwardly appear to deceive Allah Ta'ala and they deceive the believers but in reality وَمَا يَخْدَعُونَ إِلَّا أَنفُسَهُمْ that the munafiqeen deceive none but themselves many a times a person does something and he feels well who saw nobody knows what went on here whatever I did this is my secret so now he appears to deceive everyone. Appears to deceive Allah Ta'ala, so to say. That is his own fancy thinking, his wishful thinking that he has deceived Allah Ta'ala. At the end of the day, he realizes that he deceived nobody but himself. By putting this deception on himself that, well, I'm doing something in such a way, only I know, nobody else knows. So nobody else knows, Allah Ta'ala knows. Allah Ta'ala is all aware. Allah Ta'ala is all seeing, all hearing. So this was this munafiq. He was a person with kufr in his heart, but professed to be a Muslim. So now there was some dispute on some matter. The Yahudi, the Jew, was entitled to what he was saying. He was the person saying the right thing. This munafiq was the one who was now making a false claim. So the munafiq, he, now the issue came up for, that we have to now arbitrate this. Both are insistent on what they are saying. Let us go to somebody to arbitrate this. So the Jew, despite being a Jew, immediately said, we will go to Muhammad sallallahu He was a Yahudi. Despite his enmity for Nabi sallallahu which was in the Jews very deep down in their hearts, and despite rejecting Nabi ﷺ, not accepting him as the Prophet of Allah Ta'ala, yet he immediately says that we will take this now. He is outwardly in dispute with a so-called Muslim. Mm -hmm. And he is somebody who is known to be an enemy of Nabi ﷺ. Yet when this matter comes up, he is ready to take it to Rasulullah So This is what Allah Ta'ala speaks about in the Quran Sharif, that يَعْرِفُونَهُ كَمَا يَعْرِفُونَ أَبْنَاءَهُمْ That these Jews, they knew Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and they recognized him to be the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala as they knew their own children. A person doesn't make a mistake with his own child. He makes a mistake with somebody else. But his own child, from among a million to he'll make out his own child. Without any hesitation. In the same manner, they recognize Rasulullah all the signs that were already there in their scriptures, in the Torah, etc. They had witnessed all these signs and they recognized this is indeed the Nabi of Allah. But what became the barrier? The barrier became their hasad, their jealousy. Hasadam min indi anfusihim, min ba'di ma tabayyana lahumul haq. Allah says this hasad. What was this hasad? They expected that that last Nabi of Allah Ta'ala who they knew is going to come. They expected him to be in the Bani Ishaq, in the progeny of Ishaq They were also part of the progeny of Ishaq And here they see that this Nabi who has now come and claimed Nabu Nubuwad, 
who they see all the signs are there, 100% this is genuine, but he's come in the progeny of Ismail He's come in the progeny of the Arabs. So this became the Hasan. Then, they were the ones who were, now the people who had been crowned, so to say. They were the leaders. They were the ones who were given all the honor and status and position in society. And if they have to now submit and accept that indeed you are the Nabi of Allah Ta'ala, then this, all this position and status and all this recognition, what will happen to this? We lose out on all this. And all this is going to him, why is it not coming to us? This Hasan. Can we imagine what a terrible disease this Hasan is? How deep it can go, how far it can take a person, how far it can throw him out. That it made, made so many people mahroom, made them deprived of Iman itself. Makes a person mahroom of the greatest of benefits. And what can be greater than Iman itself? But that Hasad became a barrier from their accepting Iman. So these people saw all the signs. And they recognized Nabi Wasallam. But this Hasad, these spiritual maladies are very subtle. Very, very subtle. And many a times the person doesn't take any notice. It's there, it's lurking, it's affecting him. But just dismisses it as a passing thing. But it is in the meantime gaining strength within him because he is not doing anything to treat it. So that little spark of hasad came, that little spark of malice, that little spark of pride or the love of the ego, whatever else, those small minor, outwardly minor things. But then something or the other keeps standing it. In the short time, it's burning very fiercely. Now it becomes a major problem. It's destroying a person's deen, destroying his iman, everything. Those aspects of akhlaq and character, outwardly it seems like in a passing thing, a person just used some flowery language. He says, well, this is not something in my habit. I do it once in a while. Once in a while, everything is alright. But once in a while becomes once in many whiles. And then it becomes a person's first nature. But where it started off from, many infernos started off from a little small spark. One person says that something happened with business, there was a fire. So in any case now they say, what happened? Well, the, whatever they finally worked out, they don't know what happened. But there was a small little spark, something sparked somewhere. It was late at night, there was nobody there. So a small little spark. And then... That small spark started burning things around it. In a short while, there was a sizable fire, and eventually a whole huge building collapsed from the fire. Mm. That whole huge building burned down. But it started off from a little spark, which could have been just blown. If somebody blew hard enough, it would have been extinguished. Mm. But that wasn't blown, it burnt a whole huge building down. Wow. So these spiritual diseases are not to be ignored. <coughs> is to be attended to immediately. So in any case, this Yahudi, despite his enmity for Nabi Wasallam, he still chose to take his matter because he knew he was, he was entitled, he was right. And because he knew he was right, he was also convinced that Nabi Wasallam is 100% just. 
He's not prepared to accept him, but he's acknowledging that he will not make a judgment on the basis of who is Muslim and who is Yahudi. He will make a basis, a judgment on the basis of who is right and who is wrong. So though this person who is my opposition now is a Muslim, outwardly he's a Muslim, he was claiming to be a Muslim, but I know that he is wrong, I'm right, so he was sure that he is going to be the one in whose favor this judgment is going to be passed. The Yahudi on the other side, the, the Munafiq on the other side, he was a Munafiq after all, he is saying, no, no, we'll take this matter to Kaab bin Ashraf, who was the leader of the Jews. So this Jew insisted no ways. Can you imagine the whole thing is the other way around? The Jew is refusing to go to his own leader. And he's insisting we'll come to Muhammad Sallallahu Eventually this person now had to come because how can he keep refusing to come to Nabi Sallallahu Otherwise his whole, whole cover will be exposed. Which eventually what happened? So in any case the matter came. They brought it to Rasulullah Sallallahu Nabi Sallallahu heard the matter. After hearing all the details and investigating whatever it might have been, he passed the judgment in favor of the Jew. Because he was right. <coughs> when it comes to justice, then whoever it may be, if the person is right, then that justice demands that he be given his right. And if the person is wrong, no matter how close he may be, he may be one's own father, maybe one's own son. This is where the nafs becomes a major barrier and obstacle. The nafs doesn't allow a person to exercise justice. And the nafs will now make it some other, something or the other, interpret it in some way. But how can I pass judgment against my own? Nabi Sallallahu justice was the bottom line. So he passed judgment in favor of the Jew. So in any case, they came out. When they came out, this person, this Munafiq, he suddenly now insisted, no, we need to take this matter to Sayyidina Umar There's already a judgment. The judgment has been passed by Rasulullah and he's now insisting, no, we'll take this matter to Umar And what was in his mind? He was a Munafiq after all. He was not a Muslim. Just outwardly a Muslim. And this is that nifaq that makes a person keep trying to duck and dive out of his dini responsibilities. Ibn Abi Mulaika is a tabi'i, very great person, great muhaddith. He says, I met 70 sahaba. I met 70 sahaba, kulluhum yakhafu ala nafsihi an nifaq. And all these 70 sahaba, the one common factor after discussing with them and all, I found every one of these 70 Sahaba were fearing nifaq within them. <laughs> who we are talking about, Sahaba? We are talking about that band of people who received the certificate of Jannat while they walked on earth. <laughs> and not one person or two or three or five. He says, I met 70 Sahaba. And these 70 Sahaba, one common factor in all of them was, Kulluhum yakhafu ala nafsihi an nifaq. All of them were fearing that I hope I don't have any hypocrisy in me. Sayyidina Umar he is the Amirul Mu'minin. And whenever there is a janaza taking place, so he would look 
and see whether Hazrat Huzaifa bin Yaman is attending this janaza or not. Because Nabi had given him the name of the munafiqeen and told him to keep it a secret. So he wouldn't disclose it to anybody. So when anybody had passed away, Hazrat Umar would check, is Hazrat Huzaifa in this janaza or not? If he is not here, this is an indication something is not right. If he is present, he is in Madina Munawara, but he is not attending this janaza. This is an indication something is not right here. Hmm. Why is he abstaining? So this was one thing that he would do. But one day he comes to the Dhuzifa himself. And he says to him that, look, this is a secret between you and Rasulullah Sallallahu Rasulullah gave you this list and he told you to keep it a secret. So don't dare disclose anything to me. Don't tell me about anybody else. But please tell me, is my name there? Hmm. Is my name in this list? Hmm. Now this is the caliber of the person, Lawkana Ba'di Nabiyan Lakana Umar. Had they been a Nabi after me, it would have been Umar Amen. And when you walk on one path of the road of Umar, Shaitan flees from the other side. This is what Nabi Sassam told him. But this is the khashiyat, this is the fear of Allah Ta'ala in his heart. And this is the concern of the hereafter. That what if this is lurking in me, what will be my case tomorrow on the day of Qiyamah? So he is concerned and he comes to Hazrat Huzaifa and asks him that is my name on this list. Now this is something which doesn't even cross our minds that I even have to be concerned about something like this. Whereas often how we handle things, how we deal with our responsibilities in deen, how we deal with basic values when it comes to for example justice, how we deal with people, many a times like now there's justice. There has to be justice in everything, no matter who it may be. This is the value that Deen teaches us. So here Nabi Islam passed the judgment. This person is not happy with it. So he says, no, we must go to Hazrat Umar. And what was in his mind? Umar is very stern and firm against the disbelievers. So he will definitely pass judgment in my favor because outwardly I'm a Muslim. This person is a Jew. So this person says that judgment is already passed, but if you want to, fine, up to you. Mm. They come to Hazrat Umar So this Yahudi, this Jew, explains the whole situation. He says, look, this is what happened. And we went to Muhammad He already passed his judgment. But this person insists that we must come to, to you. So Umar says, he hears the whole thing. He confirms this is what happened. He says, yes, this is what happened. We went, we got this judgment, but we decided to come to you. He said, very well, just hold on, just wait, I'm coming now. He went inside his house, and the next thing he appeared with his sword, and he beheaded that munafiq. He beheaded that munafiq, and he said, this is the judgment of Umar, for somebody who doesn't accept the judgment of Rasulullah Allah's Nabi has passed judgment on something, and he's questioning that judgment, and he's not prepared to accept it, so now he, he beheaded that person. The family of this person came to claim against Hazrat Umar that how could he ever have done this? And they began making some story about it. That no, we didn't go to him for judgment. We didn't take our, our person. He just went there to try and mediate this and bring about some resolution, some amicable solution to this whole thing. Allah Ta'ala revealed this ayat of the Quran Sharif on that occasion. Fala wa rabbik. 
لا يؤمنون حتى يحكموك فيما شجر بينهم that they are not believers until they make you the arbiter in whatever their disputes are now the arbiter rasulullah sallallahu alaihi personally is not in dunya anymore to arbitrate in somebody's matter at that time he was personally present so until they don't make him the arbiter but this applies to qiyamah it applies to qiyamah that the same deen that nabi sallallahu made that judgment on on that basis that deen of nabi sallallahu will be the arbiter <coughs> and whoever will pass judgment has to pass judgment on the basis of that same deen and to accept that judgment in the light of the proofs of deen and shariat that is now an obligation like it was then so allah ta'ala revealed this ayat that till they don't make you the arbiter in their disputes and thumma la yajidu fi anfusihim harajan mimma qadayt wa yusallimu taslima and then they don't find any reservation within themselves about your judgment whatever is the judgment of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam one is now something on the basis of a dispute that came up and he passed judgment in a specific case but that's not it's not confined to that everything that nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam gave the ummah whether it be the simple things of day to day life in terms of how a person eats and drinks or in more complex issues like a person's ibadat a person's muamalat and so on any aspect of life a person one is that he finds some weakness in him and he acknowledges this is my weakness that's a different thing but having some reservation about it that's a different thing altogether but is this something nauzubillah the right thing or does this apply in this time and age yes it's true it nabi sallallahu said it but this can't be applicable now it was applicable to the camel ages only so this is something which is very very dangerous for a person's iman allah taala says hatta yuhakkimuka fi ma shajara bainahum thumma la yajidu fi anfusihim harajan mimma qadayt then they don't find any reservation in their hearts about whatever your decree is your judgment is or you sallimu taslima and they totally submit themselves so these are some basic values that deen has taught us and these are values that nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam lived and practiced and taught these are things that every insan should have it more so every mu'min the simple things of justice justice with everyone there was an incident in india 150 odd years ago in the town of kandla kandla is a well known place especially many of our kabir from kandla hadur chef rahmatullahi was also his family uh, town this was kandla very well known place little rural area so any case this place in that time some 150 years odd years ago there was a dispute over a piece of land this was a time of the british government in india there was a dispute over a piece of land and the muslims were claiming that this land belongs to the muslims belongs to the masjid actually and the hindus were claiming this land belongs to the temple and both sides were so now as this thing grew whoever was putting the claim forward they said when we win this case we're going to build a masjid here and the 
Hindu said we're going to build a temple here. Now this continued. It was becoming a very tense situation mm. because of now the whoever is going to win. Who knows what's going to be the end result? It's going to become a thing that's going to split two communities, and then whatever else happens after that. So the English judge that was presiding. He thought about it and he asked the people that, look, is there some way that we can resolve this by bringing somebody in who both parties will accept his word? Somebody who is familiar because perhaps the paperwork, etc., there was some confusion in all that. So therefore this case became complicated. So the Hindus said that there is one old person here. If he says something, we'll accept it. Who is that old person? They took the name of Mawla Ilahi Bakhsh Kandilwi Rahmatullahi. Mm. An alim, an old person at that time already. And said if he says something, he is such a person, he will never, and to start off with, he is very elderly, old. So he has been here a long time. He knows what's been going on in this place. He's been here longer than all of us. So he knows what's going on. And if he says something, we have full confidence that he'll say what is the truth. Now, the Hindus are saying, we will accept the word of this Muslim. The Muslim said very well, he's our man in any case. <coughs> they couldn't even allow such a, couldn't even entertain such a thought in their mind that whatever the case is, that this person will say this land doesn't belong to the masjid. Masjid after all. So the judge sent a message to him that you need to come to court. <coughs> because of the at that time, this was a particular issue at the time, the English had become a means of destroying deen in India. They had become a means of destroying hundreds of thousands of Muslims. So this person, this Alim, he said, I had already taken a qasam, I'm never going to look at any Englishman in India. So I will not come to court. Because I have to look at you, then I have to break my oath. So the judge sent the message again, he said, look, you don't come, you come, you don't have to look at me, you look the other side also. You come, you can face the opposite direction. You don't have to look at me. But you need to come because we need to resolve this case. No. So any case, he came. So he asked him that you are aware of this piece of land. He said, yes. Whatever other question you need to ask him, he asked. Then he said, who does this land belong to? He said, I am fully aware that this land belongs to the Hindus. No. So now when he said it, and both parties had up front said, whatever he says, we'll accept the case was now closed, the judgment was passed, that this land belongs to the Hindus. And the judge made a comment that today the Muslims have lost and Islam has won. <laughs> the Muslims have lost and Islam has won. After this case finished off and sometime later, the Hindu said that this person out of his honesty gave the right information and this came we have now decided, we are accepting Islam and we want to build a masjid here. Now this is the teachings of Rasulullah These are universal values we call it, but these are values Islam has taught. And these are values when we have lived by these values, then Islam flourished. Deen flourished. But when we <coughs> forgot what we were given, we didn't keep up to that pure way of life that Islam has taught us. That pure way of life which the Qur'an Sharif speaks about. 
then we became a burden onto others, we became a burden onto ourselves also. Then even our own household people became tired of us. How do we live with such a person? Because we've forgotten akhlaq, we've forgotten justice, we've forgotten honesty, we've forgotten all the values. As a result, we've become a burden upon ourselves. We've become a burden to our own household, we've become a burden to others also. So this entire deen, we need to embrace it wholeheartedly, not just intellectually, but in our every action and deed, how we live life, how we conduct ourselves, how we interact with others, that justice that we show to everyone, whoever he may be. He may be our employee, he may be our some, some <coughs> might be the servant at home, the domestic, it might be somebody, whoever, whichever society, part of society he may be in. And as we learn from this incident, he may be of any color or creed, what does it matter? Everyone is insan. And every human being we have been taught to deal with with justice. So this is the lessons that we have learned, that we have been given in deen, and this is that total فَلَا يُؤْمِنُونَ حَتَّى يُحَكِّمُوا كَفِي مَا شَجَرَ بَيْنَهُمْ ثُمَّ لَا يَجِدُوا فِي أَنفُسِهِمْ حَرَجًا مِمَّا قَدِيدٌ Whatever Nabi Islam is given, to embrace it wholeheartedly, have no reservation in it. Whether it pertains to our ibadat, our mu'amalat, our mu'asharat, our akhlaq, every aspect of life, wholeheartedly to take it on and to practice upon it. This will bring peace to ourselves, peace to others, and will become the true ambassadors of Islam. Allah give me and all of us a tawfiq. Allah enable us to live the Qur'an Sharif and live the teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Allah Taala keep us with iman, take us with iman, and raise us on the day of qiyamah with iman. Wa akhiru da'wana anil hamdulillah. La ilaha
وجعلنا للمتقين اماما وجعلنا للمتقين اماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الابرار ربنا واتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامه انك لا تخلف الميعاد اله العالمين يا الله most merciful most gracious most kind most loving Allah اله العالمين يا الله indeed we are most sinful ya Allah ya Allah we have disobeyed you ya Allah we are most regretting ya Allah Allah, we are ashamed of what we have done, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you forgive us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you are most forgiving, Ya Allah. You love forgiving, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, forgive us, forgive our families, forgive the entire Ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, you shower down your maghfirat on the Ummah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, remove the suffering of the Ummah, Ya Allah. Remove the hardships and difficulties of the Ummah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, you purify our hearts of all the evils, Ya Allah. Purify our hearts of nifaq, Ya Allah. Purify our hearts of all the pride, the malice, the jealousy, the hatred. Ya Allah, purify our hearts of the love of dunya, of the love of the ego. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, you grant love and compassion in our hearts for every person, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, you remove all the difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Allah, whoever is in any kind of problems and hardships and difficulties, Ya Allah, you grant ease and afiyat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, those who are sick and, Ya Allah, give them shifaya kamila, ajila, mustamirra. Ya Allah, remove every trace of the illness, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, those who are in financial problems, remove their difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Allah, those who are in debts, make the easy payments of their debts possible, Ya Allah. Allah, those who are in any kind of difficulties, anxieties, worries, depression, Ya Allah, you remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Grant happiness to one and all, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, keep us on sirat al mustaqeem Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from all the fitna and fasad, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from all the traps of nafs and shaitan, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, make us your true and obedient servants, Ya Allah. Allah, fill our hearts with all the beautiful qualities, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, you grant us ikhlas, Ya Allah. Grant us complete sincerity in everything we do, Ya Allah. Grant us the reality of humility, Ya Allah. Grant us tawadu in every sense, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, you unite the hearts of the ummah, Ya Allah. Allah, unite the hearts of spouses, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of parents and children, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of brothers and sisters, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of family members, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of the entire Ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, whatever, Ya Allah, we had learned in the Mubarak month of Ramadan, Ya Allah. We are already, Ya Allah, getting far away from that Mubarak month. Allah, save us from getting far away from the Amal, Ya Allah. Allah, protect us and save us from getting far away from Taqwa, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, keep us on Taqwa, Ya Allah. Enable us to keep progressing and improving in Taqwa, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, only with your protection can we be saved, Ya Allah. Allah, you guide us, you protect us, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, you make us your true and obedient servants, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those who ask us to make dua for them, God, the best of dunya and the best of akhirat, Ya Allah. Allah, blow the winds of hidayat, Ya Allah. Blow the winds of hidayat, Ya Allah. Allahumma hadina wa hadidina wa ja'alna sababal liman ihtada. Allahumma hadinna sa jami'a. Allahumma hadinna sa jami'a. Allahumma hadinna sa jami'a. Allahumma ja'alna hudatan muhtadeen, ghayra dhaldeen, wala mubilleen. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, all the good that Rasulullah begged for. Ya Allah, we also begging for all the good. Whatever Nabi Islam sought refuge from, Ya Allah, give us protection as well, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nasaluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka Sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa na'udhu bika min shari masta'adaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka Sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balaah wa la hawla wa la quwwata illa billahi al-abi al-azim وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين والحمد لله رب العالمين